after the creation and, and formation of Ruby Jeans, and now we're going on six years of business, um, it's created this duality in my life where that platform has really birthed uh, another platform. And I would say that my my philanthropic endeavors preceded anything Ruby Jeans based. Like I've for years and years, I've done different things in the community. And then, so then that turned into Ruby Jeans and now it's uh, this civic voice that I didn't really foresee, but it's kind of like grown from my interest in philanthropy and, and genuine giving and then health. And now saying, how do you take those two interests and transition into a greater population of people? Uh, but then also really scaling Ruby Jeans to a, a level where it grows outside of Kansas City. One of those places where like it aligns with the brand of the city. Welcome back to the Positive People Posse Living Room. I'm your host, Dom Green, life enthusiast and marketer of Positive People Posse. This is where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and uplifting, and of course, marketing. Positive People Posse 3P Media. We are your digital marketing sponsor. We can help you find your audience. And today's special guest is Mr. Chris Good. What's good? Not much, how you doing, man? Man, doing swell, doing swell. As I said before, probably get what's good all the time and it's really fitting that your last name's good because it's one of the things i say quite often yeah I, I do i get all kind of play on my last name since i was a kid good stuff bad stuff the whole nine indeed indeed you know um this has actually been a long time coming i don't know if you remember this but uh positive people possibly we did this thing called taco talks and i reached out to you and we had like gotten the ball rolling you're supposed to be a guest on that and i'm sure we would have had a good time on that but uh you're here on the living room so i appreciate you being here no doubt thanks for having me yeah and i do remember that so i'm glad we finally get to connect yeah man it's a virtual world now so uh it actually makes it a lot easier for me to make things happen opposed to when i was just running around trying to get uh production meetings and you know meetings in person it was yeah. a lot more difficult. So I'm actually, uh, it's a little bit easier. And, you know, you're at home, I'm at home. So, uh, you know, that's what the living room's all about. It's just kind of, you know, sitting down and just talking about where you started into yeah. where you're at right now. So, you know, let's kind of, you know, before we tell the listeners what you do, you know, let's kind of go back to uh, your childhood and, and everything that uh, has gotten you to where you're at today. Because, you know, what I see now is a guy who's, uh, you know, all about health, you know, health is wealth, you know, I believe in like the four bodies, you know, got to hone in on your spirit, you got to hone in on your how you feel, um, you know, anything and everything that talks about how you, you know, how you are as a person. And so, you know, talk about your, your youngest days uh, growing up in Kansas City. Um. Yeah, man, again, thanks for having me. Um, I am a product of, of this here town that I love, Kansas City, Missouri. Um, grew up early on in the 30s and uh, 40s. Um, so on the east side of Kansas City uh, until I was about 10 or 11. Um, in that period, my my dad wasn't around. He was, he was out, you know, in hindsight, just figuring himself out. Uh, he and my mother had they started having babies at the the tender age of 16. Uh, so my oldest sister was was born when my parents were 16 years old. Uh, and that that in and of itself lends itself to a, a certain type of trajectory, a certain type of struggle. 
Um, so my dad had to go out and figure out what, you know, how he was going to take care of four kids. Um, he and my mom were never married, produced four kids together. I was the youngest. I am the youngest of that, of that crop. Um, I attribute a lot to being the youngest of that crop. That was like a, a big portion. Now I know in hindsight, uh, but anyway, grew up on the east side early. Then we retreated out to South Kansas City for, um, I guess, what was what was meant to be a better life. Uh, so South Kansas City, I ended up graduating from Ruskin High School. Um, but to not get to high school, that's that's kind of the early part. <clears throat> My grandmother, uh, who we'll talk about later a little bit more, uh, she was such a, a huge uh, factor in my life because my dad was absent early on. And so my mother would find herself working two jobs. Um, you know, for whatever reason, my mom never had my pops on child support. This is pretty, it's pretty intimate information. Um, and so she just figured it out. You know, she had two jobs most times and my grandmother really um, gave her that extra support she needed. Man, you know, I, I can attest to, you know, some similar things right there, you know, just, uh, you know, the father in the picture, you know, mom working two jobs, um, you know, when you're cut from that cloth, you know, I, I feel like in a way you, you have this like this hope mindset, right? You know, like you see someone work really hard and, you know, it's, um, you know, you hope that these, this will pay off or, you know, like living through experiences like that and you see someone actually work extremely hard makes you kind of have the have that instilled within you i mean i'm, yeah. I'm sure that's already instilled in you seeing someone be that type of example um you know to do whatever it took to to raise four kids oh yeah oh yeah i mean my mom uh i couldn't really i couldn't really articulate it fully but she's special um just probably one of the purest people i've ever encountered um, but one of the most diligent and hardworking and sincere people at the same time. Um, she was a, uh, a hotel maid, you know, and like I have a soft spot today for her. Like if I go somewhere and I, you know, I'm tipping the hotel staff really well because of my mom, like seeing her go from that job to working at 7-Eleven or whatever number of jobs she carried over the years. Um, it definitely instilled something in me early on, just a, like a no excuse mentality, you know, like I'm poor. I, my, my four kids, dad is not in the picture. He's out figuring his stuff out, but I got to keep it together. And that, you know, it, it definitely bled into my, my bloodstream in some way. Yeah. So being the youngest kid, was it a competitive household with your, your other siblings? Uh, man, yes. Mainly with my older brother. So it's, it's myself, my older brother, and then two older sisters. So my brother and I, I can distinctly remember us playing um, ping pong. We were playing a game of ping pong and I was the youngest and I lost bad. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, doing all this stuff. And it, you, those little tiny cans of paint, it must have been near my reach. And I just grabbed it and launched it at him and he caught it. And I was like, ah, mama, you know, and I, I took off. Um, so yeah, competition was uh, <laughs> was definitely a part of my upbringing with my older brother. Oh man, that it just reminds me of, like a Matrix moment right there. You're just like, man, this dude's got a superpower. Like, <laughs> like caught it. <laughs> you think you're going to defeat me? 
That's awesome, man. So, you know, that's kind of like transpired into, uh, you know, like I, I remember listening to a podcast that you're on. Uh, I would say that he's a good friend, Mr. Paul Long. Um, you, you're chasing a dream of uh, being a, an athlete, professional athlete. So you started playing football at what age? I was about 10 or 11, about the time my, my dad came into the picture. That was that was our way to connect. Right. So he played football through college um, and I think it was like, I'm late to the party, but this is, I know football and I know it's good for discipline. I know we can communicate this way. Um, and so that was, that was about when that, that chapter started. Ironically, he and I, we have a great relationship now, but he and I, we still communicate that way, like through football. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I would say similar with me as well, you know, so, you know, playing, so you started playing when you were like 10 or 11, played through junior high and high school. Uh, what were those next steps right there? And what'd you learn from, you know, the experiences of being an athlete? Was that your only sport? Uh, so I, at different points, I played different things. Um, I played basketball really early on with my older brother and cousins and, and things like that. Um, in high school, I played, uh, I stopped basketball after middle school. In high school, I played football and golf ironically i had a oh yeah a principal that that just wanted to teach me golf wanted to get me out on the golf course um he and i still play to this day together ironically um but football really i'd say it gave me a lot i played it through college and uh, at the culmination of football for me for the longest time it was just like just what i did right at first it was my dad's idea and then i started to fall in love with it um, and started to be able to build camaraderie with the guys and, and really fight for something that was bigger than me. Uh, so it showed me the value of, of brotherhood, of, of just togetherness, like of like a collective focus on one goal. Um, it, it taught me discipline because, you know, like two a days are, are not easy. Um, <laughs> three a days. Yeah, it was three back, days. Yeah, yeah three playing. days at some point back <laughs> in the day. Uh, it's elite, very illegal now. Um, you know, and it's a very physical, uh, brutal game. And so you, you have to, you got to learn how to protect yourself. You have to learn how to work hard, but then also keep the bigger picture, uh, in focus. Um, the coaches, you know, the relationship with the coaches, um, the, the relationship with the educators, because they knew you were, were an athlete. They it changed that dynamic yeah. some, you know, and not just always just like, it was just a free pass, but it allowed, a a broken down layer so you can kind of get to know your teachers better because they had yeah. this like inherent like additional layer of respect for you um, That's good perspective so that, to have, man. yeah that was uh that was something that that worked to my benefit um but beyond beyond that i mean my college experience i walked on to my college program in missouri state um had no funding quit halfway through my red shirt sophomore season i i was getting in you know, like the latter end of the game, all the special teams. The only reason I ever started traveling was I knocked the kid out at the end of practice. We were, on, I was on kickoff and I was a one, I was a wedge buster and I knocked this kid out. And the special team coach was like, oh, you're traveling. And so I made the traveling team just from uh, my physicality on special right. teams. Yeah. And then they started to give me like a couple of series here and there. And I was getting decent production and like from special teams and like a series or two. And I still wasn't on scholarship. And I'm like, man, 
I'm getting near the same production as these guys are playing the whole game just from being on special teams and getting a couple series. I, I got to get something. So I went into my defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Melvin's office, and I said, hey, you know, I, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I enjoy this game. I've been playing it since I was 10. Um, but I, I have to get something, books, meal plans, something, right? And he leaned back in the seat and he was like, all right, good. I got nothing for you. And I quit. So that was halfway through the season. Um, ironically, at the end of that season, the entire coaching staff got fired. The whole staff, everybody. Um, the new staff comes in and they're reviewing film from the prior year. I had gotten in against Arkansas and had a couple of good series. Um, and so the new staff comes in. They're like, who, who is this number 58? Asking the, the, the existing teammates, you know, like, who's this number 58? Like, where, what happened to him? We saw him in a couple of games and he disappeared. And they told him my story. And so they asked me to come back out for spring ball. And I'm going, I know I'm going long on this, but it, it really, from a sports perspective, it really defined the whole experience for me. Um, so the new staff asked me to come back out for spring ball. I'm out of shape. I had to get back in shape. I've just been a regular student, like in the library on Saturdays, hear the cannon go off and almost just break down like, oh, my love is gone. <laughs> you know, like you can hear the touchdown cannon. So anyway, yeah. get past that. Next, next uh, coaching staff comes in. They ask me to come back out. I go back out. I get back in shape. I have the best spring ball of anybody in my position and one of the best of anybody on defense. I got a scholarship. Man. So I finally got my scholarship. I was able to call my mom, call my pops, and tell them, like, I, I got it. And finished my my uh, journey out under a scholarship. Had a great senior campaign. Wasn't good enough to go to that next level, uh, especially being from a small school with not a great record. Uh, so my my sports experience really, I don't talk about it a lot, but it, it gave me some great tools, you know, perseverance, uh, just just being willing to fight and work hard for something and go through the, the nitty gritty of it day in and day out and never really just think about the end goal the whole time, but just the focus on the hard work. Yeah, man. You know, experience like that, it really def it definitely builds you uh, totally different, you know, especially, you know, toughing you toughening you up you know I believe like when I was a kid you know had I not had sports in my life you know and my father being you know semi-present you know I wouldn't be you know as tough as I am and resilient as I am today with a culmination of other things my mom being a strong parent as well but you know having that level of camaraderie as you said before and you know that, that perseverance and you know working hard through problems I know how it is you know three days when you want to talk back to your coach, like <laughs> under the heat in August, August is the worst month in Kansas City and uh, keeping your composure, you know, like you learn a lot. It's like, yeah. you know, you're going to talk back, but you're going to run these gassers too <laughs> if you want to be but on this team. The lesson is burpees. When oh, you man. Burpees and full pads in the oh, heat. Man. That oh. was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst. Just and then you line up at the water trough with like yeah. the yes. know, PVC pipes and stuff. Uh -huh. Like warm waters, like this water ain't working. <laughs> you yeah. know, sharing those experiences, you know, I think a lot of people on this podcast, you know, they, they probably had some similar experiences, you know. In entrepreneurship, I think a lot of people leave out, you know, the story aspect of where you grew up. And what is your story growing up, you know, yeah. in a way that 
if you can just remember one story that can teach you a lot about where you are today, you know, because collectively, oh, yeah. you know, we are just a sum of experiences and people that we meet, you know, so um, that being said, you know, you were, you were student athlete, you know, when did health really come into play for you? When did you really start honing in on, um, you know, not just mindset, but the health aspect? Uh, it didn't really, it didn't really hit me until, you know, I got the foundation of it early. My, my dad would, you know, we would go to, to Bally's to this gym. Um, when I was like 15, we started running the Pacel stairs when I was around 14, 15. Um, so that, that physical part of it started to happen then. And then obviously in college, you get a better foundation on conditioning. Um, but the nutrition aspect was like completely missing from that for my college experience um, so it wasn't until after college that I really started to think about you know what I put in my body and it came by way of a couple of friends of mine um, so I was traveling for work and a couple of boys of mine Aaron who's from here Eric who's from St. Louis they're living in North Hollywood I visit them on my off week and they introduced me to cold press juicing or, or just just uh, juice cleansing rather um and it, i'm completely foreign to this i'm in my 20s i'm like i have no clue like what are you clint like you're, you're only drinking juice like and no food and they're like yeah and this is the last day so i they didn't tell me this before i got to la so they didn't eat the whole first day i was there completely fasting the entire completely. time just just juice and so this is my introduction to that and they show me the next day because i'm like yeah okay I, i'm i'm gonna eat and the next day they showed me this documentary called Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead. Uh, and it's about this guy that for 60 days, he drank only juice. And prior to starting this juice cleanse, he had probably 10 plus different types of medication he needed to take every day. And so this is just a documentary. And so by the end of it, it showed this whole process of him going through the ups and downs of this experience. And by the end, he was a different person. I mean, his weight was down, his skin was clear, he wasn't taking any medication. And it was like, for me, it was like a light bulb moment where I'm like, wait a minute, the 60 days, my, my grandma lived 60 years and she never, she never had that moment. And then myself, like I work out a ton, but it's like, what do you, how do you eat? And so I immediately came home and did a 10 day juice cleanse. And I would say that was the moment that I started to think about nutrition on the same level as I thought about physical fitness. Um, before it was just like this football mentality. I'm going to eat what I want. I'm trying to get big and I'm going to just turn it into muscle. You know, I'm going to live in the gym. Um, but that started to shift after football because I didn't need to be so big and I needed to see my neck, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I had traps like that too, man. I used to walk around like 250 pounds and I'm like, I can't even see my body like that. My body wasn't even designed to be that like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's kind of when it, when it happened, that, that shift, um, I would say, what was that probably in my mid twenties, man, you know, so, you know, connecting health and, um, you know, your, your nutrition and your fit, fitness, I think that's like a big thing for me as well. You know, I can definitely attest to that, you know, so, you know, like now let's tell people what you do. Okay. So we kind of got a little <laughs> backstory of what you, um, of who you are, but what it is, what is it that you do? 
So I own Ruby Jeans Juicery. Uh, it is a startup juice company based here in Kansas City, Missouri. It's named after my beloved late grandmother, uh, Ruby Jean, who died of type 2 diabetes primarily at age 61. Uh, so we offer fresh juices that we make in front of you. We offer smoothies. We offer performance shakes. Uh, we specialize in cold-pressed bottled juices. Uh, primarily and then at our primary location it's also a, a full fast casual healthy sit down eatery um, so we offer everything from vegan brussels sprout nachos to broccoli burgers and um, turkey sandwiches and you know different things like that curry soup uh, but it's all natural healthy very consciously and intentionally created um, but it's on the, our main location is at 30th and Truce, uh, which exists in a, a long-standing food desert um, across the street from where I went to, to daycare as a low-income kid. Uh, our, our secondary location is inside of Whole Foods uh, in Brookside, a, a more affluent area here in Kansas City. Uh, we've got a location in Springfield, Missouri that, that is licensed out. Um, due to the pandemic, I, I've closed the location in our downtown um, and our Whole Foods location has been temporarily closed, but it'll reopen uh, March 1st. Um, so that's what we do. We make juice and we, we do it intentionally. Our slogan is we make juice for a reason. Um, that reason being wanting to just take the, the story of my grandmother, like the authentic, authentic, authentic story and unfortunate reality of my grandmother, which isn't singular to my family. Uh, which is a pretty uh, common situation for Americans uh, and then especially black people because of how we eat and how we've how we were ingrained to eat for so many so many years and decades um, but taking that story and making health more accessible more attainable more realistic more down to earth more loving less judgmental less Tesla and Lululemon and more just like hey it, you at grandma's house you're gonna leave here full but you're not gonna leave here full on fried chicken yeah it's gonna be something that will will sustain your body and give you more longevity with the the ones that you love yeah culturally speaking you know that that is a, a dynamic that people don't really understand is you know there's a history towards um to you know, what black people as a community has consumed, you know, um, you know, in a poverty mindset, you know, you, you go for the, the cheapest thing, and you make it taste as good as possible. You know, like we did that in college with ramen noodles, you know, like <laughs> if you, if you eat like ramen noodles, like every single day, you're going to turn into ramen noodles, you know, or <laughs> whatever it is. And so, um, you know, I think that education aspect where, you know, consciously we're trying to think about what's healthy and, we hear soul food, you know, it's like you're eating healthy. Well, it's not really healthy. We've thrown in a lot of sodium and, uh, you know, with the uh, uh, yams, I mean, it's candy yams, you know, like <laughs> a lot of sugar in it, you know? Yeah. So all the things that can be good for us, we're adding bad things. And, you know, um, you know, it's, uh, it's good that you're in a community where, you know, it, people can actually be learn. they can learn more about what health truly is. And, um, you know, the feeling of, of just being full after eating, you know, all the fried foods that I love still to this day, uh, makes me feel I, I, I'm full with more regret, if anything, when yeah. it's all said and done. There's a couple things I never regret. I When I work out, like pre previous to the workout, I'm like, man, I don't really want to do this. You know, but afterwards, I never regret it. 
Yeah. Now, when I see that food, I'm like, man, I really want to do this. But <laughs> <laughs> then I regret that, you know, so yeah. it's like an adverse effect. But, uh, you know, I, I really, really appreciate how you've not only just, uh, you know, um, took this juicing trip that you went in, uh, you went, you were in LA, you took this ju juicing trip experience, and then you turned it into something. And you, it seems like you're a lifelong journeyman, a, a learner. And I can just, I, I just have, have an observation of you from afar, you being a spiritual person, even naming your kid, is it 11 or 11? It's 11, yeah. 11, you know, um, it, I feel like you're always on the hunt for something. You're on the hunt for, uh, you know, learning, you know, and taking this, uh, this experience, not for granted. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. you know, so, you know, you being so uh, intertwined into the community where you're at right now, like, what do you, what else do you foresee? I mean, like I saw the, the ribbon cutting ceremony at Whole Foods. That was a huge step. Of course, yeah. you know, things happen like the pandemic, things that we can't really yeah. control. Yeah. But uh, what's what's some of the next step? What's the what's the next step for you in your your journey? Um, you know, I've I've been blessed to after the creation and, and formation of Ruby Jeans, and now we're going on six years in business. Um, it's created this duality in my life where that platform has really birthed uh, another platform. And I would say that my my philanthropic endeavors preceded anything Ruby Jeans based. Like I've for years and years, I've done different things in the community. And then, so then that turned into Ruby Jeans and now it's birthing another, uh, this civic voice, um, this voice that that I didn't, you know, I didn't really foresee, um, but it's kind of like grown from my interest in philanthropy and, and genuine giving and then health. And now saying, how do you take those two interests and transition it to a greater population of people. Um, so civically, you know, I've started to, to join different boards and and use my voice in a way that puts a bigger group group of people at uh, tables that that really matter that that can affect change. Um, so I see further civic engagement um, as I as as God says, you know, that's important, and I need your voice on that. Um, so I see that being a, a focal point of my future. Uh, but then also really scaling Ruby Jeans to a, a level where it grows outside of Kansas City um, and it really becomes a, a portion of the fabric of Kansas City. Like we, one of those places where like it, it aligns with the brand of the city. Um, so I, that's one of my biggest desires is to, to be a part of this place that I call home uh, in that way. Um, but then beyond that, scaling, scaling Ruby Jeans, you know, regionally nationally and, and even globally um but not only just scaling it from a, just this very singular business aspect of just revenue and locations and distribution routes uh but scaling the impact or taking that impact and saying okay how can we affect the region how can we affect the nation um how can we affect the world and so it, it's just just like very methodical, you know, uh, journey where it's like you get punched a bunch, like bam, bam, bam. And it's like, oh, I can't see that well. Yeah. But God, I know you are there and I know I wouldn't even have the ability to get punched if you weren't there. And so I just I want to get closer to my faith and, and closer to my purpose and just more just super aligned with where God wants me to be. And, you know, I 
just just work hard and let the you know I, I try not to think of like okay I want to have 100 locations by 2020 I don't really think of it that way I just wanted to be organic because if we I, what I know is that if we grow in a way that's organic and if I grow in a way that's organic and I'm not forcing issues um then the story and the impact will grow and be able to sustain at a larger scale. It's easier to do it when there's one location, two locations, and you're you're dealing with your local community. But then, how do you scale impact beyond that? So, yeah. and I think you have to do it organically. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely person to person. You know, human, uh, the human element that's really important uh, to your your business. And you're a first time entrepreneur, right? You know, you've been. This is, is this like six years being a first time entrepreneur with one so thing? I, I started a, uh, <clears throat> a marketing slash entertainment company um, where I would do all these different philanthropic endeavors, political fundraisers, bought Le, brought LeBron to town for an event two okay. years. Um, so I, that was my first like actual business stuff. My dad is an entrepreneur, so I've been around it um, since he was in the picture on some level. But for me, brick and mortar at this scale, yes, first time. Wow, man. Um, I, I mean, I commend you on that. You know, six years in, you know, in this one business, you know, a lot of people fail at, you know, five. Five is like that threshold. So, you know, like it's like that keep going mentality, um, you know, you going through seeing what happened last year, you know, no one could foresee that. Like, how did you how did you adapt to the pandemic? Um, the, the, the funny thing about us is like, we it's almost like we were i was in a pandemic mindset when i started the business i didn't have enough money to start the business um i didn't know if i would get any customers you know like so i was already operating in that that mindset of scarcity uh and so when the pandemic hit it's like go back to what you know uh so we leaned out i put myself right back on the counter i had removed myself from the operations of the business to to a great extent I put myself right back into operations uh, and I, I started swinging back. And one of the things, one of the, the, the punches that landed for me, um, I'm not a violent person. I don't know why punching keeps that. You know. <laughs> no, you're not a violent person, but if someone tests you, uh, I mean, you, you know, get violent. <laughs> yeah. I told you I'm from the thirties now, but, <laughs> but, uh, but no, nah, I mean, one of the punches that landed for, for us was, um, the creation of half gallon and gallons of cold pressed juice. Um, that was one of the things, as well as an immunity lemonade um, that had elderberry and ginger uh, and lemon and purified water. Um, that Those were a couple of the things that really built us a bridge to the PPP funding. Um, it didn't like make us rich or anything. It just helped us survive and, and just keep myself, my right-hand man, who's my cousin, and Natalie going, um, I would say that's another big aspect of it. Cause a lot of times people just see me, you know, like I'm the one on this podcast. I'm the one that's going to be in the article, but the people behind me are really as, as just as important as me. It's just, we just have different roles on this team. And that's one of the things that football really reinforces because if you get out of your technique on the football field, it's going to, it's going to ruin the whole scheme. One person out of 11, can ruin the entire scheme. And I, I take that to heart with this team that I have now that I've been blessed with. My cousin, he really, he gives me the ability to do this, right? 
he's there right now. I'm not, but we're both working. We both have different aspects of this team. Uh, and so they, Natalie and my cousin George, you know, like they, they were really, they could have said, no, unemployment is super plush right now. Like I'm going to go get unemployment. Yeah. They didn't. They said, we're here with you. Let's go. It's three of us. And we, we held down the nucleus of what mattered to the business, pivoted, created new recipe items and just made it happen. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, that foresight, because that's a, that's a gift from God. Like you don't just get to just have these ideas that come when you need them. Those are seeds that God plants in my opinion. Yeah. You know, let's go back to what you just said. You know, you said scarcity mindset, you know, um, going back to what you knew. Um, why, why is it that we have to have a scarcity mindset? You know, it, do you, do you feel like, um, you, you know, like where we are as, you know, you know, you and I black entrepreneurs, you know, it's not just about being a black entrepreneur and, you know, being the example, you know, we, for me, I would like to see tons of examples without it even being said, you know, just having community, no matter what, you know, just being unified through people's talents. And so, you know, going back to that scarcity mindset, you know, um, did, have, did you did you have knowledge or educate yourself on how you're going to fund your business um, uh, outside of, you know, bootstrapping and, you know, trying to bust your, just busting your ass to get where you're at right now? Because, you know, if there's more resources uh, to share with people, then, you know, there might be other things that you learn in the process in order to, to build your business, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, so I had knowledge of, you know, SBA loans and, you know, I did feasibility studies in, in my business degrees. Um, I knew that there were financing vehicles that startup businesses should be able to access. But I also knew that uh, a black man in Kansas City starting up a juice company in a, in a non-juice market with black skin, uh, with no sales, no, no real business plan. Uh, I think even with the business plan, it wouldn't matter. I knew that I had to prove it. I knew that I had to go that extra mile and say, you know what, this is what I see. Because while I, while I had to operate, I was forced to operate from a scarcity mindset. I know that there's abundance down the road. Yeah. Right. And not, not just in the way of, of resources. That's a, obviously a big portion of that statement. Um, but yeah, I knew the, the ways that you could, you could start without being scarce, but in, in reality, those, those aren't opportunities that, that would have been available to me. Mm. Yeah. I, th I mean, what you're basically saying is that you're trying to reshape a community and, you know, where your business would be located uh, wouldn't be on paper, quote unquote, a viable business uh, to qualify for certain things. And, you know, that, that goes back to like that resourceful aspect of how you want to help and shape the world, you know, uh, differently. You know, a lot of people don't see uh, the beauty and discovering what is not just analytical, that's ones and zeros on paper. Um, they avoid things that are that are hope driven. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm very hopeful. I, I'm a social impact person. You know, um, you know, positive people, positive. Yeah, we do digital marketing for people, but you know, we also are about mindset and creating opportunities for people. And so, personally, I work with people on the small end uh, to the medium sized business. And because I'm really betting on them to win, you know, I see the disadvantages that they have against 
other larger people in the market. And so, you know, like with you, you know, um, there's so many challenges already, you know, uh, people just not having enough education on what is truly healthy, but also just, you know, just trying to grow and, you know, looking past the shade of our skin and just, you know, really just saying like, this is a, a business that I want to support because their impact is huge, yeah. you know? And, and so, um, you know, I, I really appreciate uh, just like the fact that, you know, you're willing to, you know, have your flagship store in, in a place where people didn't want to roam. And now we're getting people over there that typically wouldn't even be on that side of the line, you know, yeah. where, where it was red line before. And so, yeah. you know, um, you know, it's, it, we need more voices like that. And, you know, I, I think sometimes the problem that we have in like uh, comedy, right, is the comedian will say, they only let one of us in right now, you know, <laughs> only one of us is going to be hot right now. So like Kevin Hart, the only one is going to be hot right now. And, and it should be like that, you know, like, like I, I'm hopeful and that, I can just tell just from your, your energy, just from afar that, you know, like uh, you want to empower other people to really go after, you know, their dreams, but it really does start with their health, man. If you don't, if you don't eat good, you don't look good, you don't feel good, you know, it's a block. it starts. It's yeah. A, it's a, like a brick, building a brick. It's like building a brick wall in front of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what it is. Like the more donuts and fried chicken and yada, yada, yada we eat. And I'm not, trust me, Dom, like I'm not telling you that I'm like some perfect eater. That is not what I'm telling you. But I know the difference in how I feel. You know, I'm fresh off of a month long cleanse, man. I feel good right now. Like I feel amazing. Like if I had been eating fried anything or fast, anything for the last month i would not feel as good as i feel today and that's just a fact that's like not a a sales technique so you can come down and get a juice that's just the fact of the matter you know like my sister uh she just lost 110 pounds over the last i think about a year Dang. and it took a we've had she and i have had a, a lot of conversations you know and finally for her that it clicked where it's like i gotta do this for me not because my brother said it or not because you know i'm watching the billy blanks tape none of that is gonna work it's gonna have to be me uh and she finally made that decision and i can literally just look at her and see her lifted like see her lighter and not just literally but figuratively as well she just has this better energy about herself and it's purely based on how much she's been moving her body and what she's been eating yeah man you know i would say that like you know, I, I know a lot of people who've had the same, a similar story um, where they just, they look back and they're like, man, what was I doing with those years? You know, those, that was lost time. But I'm like, don't think like that. Think about all the time that you're gaining right now. So look what's ahead of you right now. Yeah. You can't beat yourself up. Like you've already accomplished something that you've been trying to accomplish. And then you woke up and now, um, you know, any experience like that, you know, it's a learning experience for someone else, you know, so passing it on is, uh, that's a, that's a huge thing. Um, let's talk marketing, you know, so, you know, like when you, you first started with your business to where you're at right now, um, good friend of ours, shout out to, uh, Danielle, oh, yeah. uh, you know, she, she was been a part of your team. Like, you know, talk about your marketing strategy when you first started to your marketing strategy now and how it's evolved. 
Uh, man, it, it hasn't evolved a lot. I'll be honest. Um, because a lot of times marketing strategies have the ability to evolve based on resources. Um, you know, you can try new things and send out new, new ads, so on and so on, pay for Google, you know, SEO dollars and so on and so forth. There's a multitude of ways. Um, but for me, it's always been organic. It's always been organic. We've, we've not spent, I would say in almost six years of being in business, we probably have spent about, and if I add up all the print that we've done, you know, flyers and stuff, we probably spent about $5,000 in six years. There you on go. On, I love on, it. On direct marketing. So yeah. the for me, it's always just been about uh, making it true, not like building it and there will come type of mentality, but building it in a way that is that's singular, right? That it's the first that you've ever, it's the only all healthy establishment on the entire east side of Kansas City in the history of our city. Right. It's the first black owned business in Whole Foods brick and mortar in their history. So building it in a way that is unique, but impactful. Right. Not just we sell juice and we sell smoothies. Come get them. They're delicious. <laughs> like, why do we why do we do that? It's because I want I wish my grandmother had the knowledge and I wish I could talk to her today. I wish my son could have met her and been impacted by her power. Um, and so I want more people to have more time with those people that they love. And there's never been a, anybody in this space uh, that approached it in that way with the same intention, similar kind of stories, but not the same intention where that purpose really lives in every single thing you see the business put forth. Um, as far as the logo, you know, like really saying, this is why we do what we do and standing by it. Uh, so that's been the marketing approach, just being authentic uh, and, and like I'm, this is marketing right now, right? You're, yeah. you're allowing me to share in your platform to tell people my story. Maybe that compels at least one person to say, oh, I'll go try their smoothie. I like smoothies. I didn't even know it existed. And just building on that, because like when you build on it in that way and not just like, oh, I'm going to spend $10,000 on ads or run Groupon or... It's like that that base becomes false when you build that way, when it's just yeah. like putting money, money, money into it. it you've got to put intention, intention, intention into it and then talk, share, talk, share, give, talk, share, give, talk to kids, go to gyms. Like I would put 10,000 flyers in my backpack and I probably wouldn't make it through all of them, but I would go out by myself normally on every single Saturday, probably the first few years of the business. Time has become a you know, one of my biggest opponents. Um, but I, I love just putting a backpack on and putting out flyers uh, around the gym parking lot or around one of the locations and just going car to car, just put my headphones on, zone out, think about the business, flyer, flyer, flyer. Oh, I'm not supposed to put flyers here. I'm sorry. Flyer, flyer, flyer. You know, like, so just, just grind me like, I'm going to go for it. Like, whatever. I'm going to at least let you know. Like you might not come, but if I put out 10,000 flyers, maybe a thousand people will come. Um, so that's, that's been the approach the whole time, you know, organically growing our social media uh, as best we can, not always having enough content, still struggling with that stuff today. Um, but just, just going about it organically. Yeah, man. I love that. You know, like the, the content side with the uh, social media stuff, we, we actually kind of took a step back where we were like, uh, just kind of seeing so much like noise happening and um, 
you know, I, I, I'm just like, you know, if you hone in on relationships and that's what we've been doing on the back end, you know, the social media aspect is, you know, kind of secondary. And so, you know, I, I believe like, yeah, like the organic approach is the, the biggest approach. It's how we build our business. Um, we do run ads. We do a whole bunch of other things that give us ROI, but, you know, we still have to connect with that person once we do build, when they like, when they're giving you that money, man, that's the biggest compliment ever. It's an exchange of energy right there. You know, it's beyond, you know, making a dollar. It's like, you should be flattered that someone's spending their money yeah. with you. They yeah. could have spent it anywhere else, but they spent yeah. it with you. And, and so and you I have to take did, that. I'm sorry to cut you off. I Go never get like, you know, we've been at it almost six years and you think like, if I see a line in the store, it's just like second nature. I still get like a little like, like yeah, like man, like thank you. Like even if I don't voice it to them, I'm like yo, thank you because yeah, they seriously. they keep us they keep us going. So no, nah, it is a, a deep appreciation when you know when you see that. But I, I'm sorry to cut you off. No man, no keep talking, man. This is all about you today, buddy. Uh, you know it's uh it's that. I don't want to go back to work for anybody else again. You know, that's like, that was my fear mindset, that scarcity mindset when the pandemic happened. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go get a real job. Like, I, like how do you even get a job in the pandemic? And then <laughs> we pivoted, we shifted, we were able to, you know, get back on track and stuff. I mean, we lost a lot of money uh, at the beginning, but, you know, we made it up because we got creative, you know, as you have to. But, organically you know like that's the best way to do it you know being uplifted by your community and and actually having a community you know they they know what to expect you know you got regulars that come in there and they get the uh, the kale uh apple thing i don't know what it is but i've had it a couple times but like <laughs> the and, and, green. yeah there it is and then um you know another thing is like when something happens you know, I've seen things happen to your, your store and it's like, you don't want to like put that, that shouldn't be like the, the attention that you want, you know, like, but when something does happen, you know, your community came, comes and backs you because they believe in you. They want you there. They know what you're about, you know, like yeah. that's huge, you know, like, you know, like I, yeah, man, like I, I was moved just seeing how community is, has risen up, you know, at times when, when, you know, like, you basically call it upon the patrons that frequent your place. And, you know, that's a beautiful thing, especially um, seeing another black entrepreneur out there who's I know has great intention, you know, for their business, you know, I can relate on so many levels and um, yeah, man, you're, you're, you're giving back, you know, in so many ways. And, you know, so having you on this platform today uh, for you to just, really just share who you are, you know, um, hopefully it reaches some other people um, in Thank the community. You. And also uh, maybe some people nationally or internationally, because we got a lot of listeners um, outside of KC. And uh, I mean, there's, uh, you're on the verge of, you know, one relationship, one connection at any point in time to Absolutely. get to your next point. So Absolutely. you got to manifest and put it out there. You know I, I, mean? I, re I receive it, bro. I really <laughs> receive it. I mean, we, you know, like, I'm one of those people that like what's ours is ours. You know, yeah. that's not that's not barring a whole lot of hard work, a whole lot of intentional thought, a whole lot of action. But 
it's it's ours you know like it's yeah. ours and it's there to be ours we just have to really believe that and manifest it and say speak it and live it and act upon it day in and day out and day in and day out with our heads down you know not like moping but yeah. our heads down focused yeah. you know and you look up and it's like oh there we go yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, you know, getting uh, back to one of the things that I, common questions I ask all our, all our guests, uh, what is your biggest weakness? And then we're going to talk about your superpower. Uh, biggest weakness. Um, wanting to be an octopus. Hands and everything. I just, yep, I just made that up too. Dom. I like that. I like that, <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> I'm going to call you yeah. Octo Good. That is, that is <laughs> Octo <what's> Good. <laughs> I like that too. But nah, man, wanting to be an octopus, man. Like, you know, wanting to, wanting to do so much, you know, like really seeing, seeing so many voids and so many opportunities where genuineness could, could really prevail and and wanting to to do it all at the same time but the only thing is i don't have eight arms i only have two and so i would say that that becomes a weakness because you start to stretch yourself thin and your two hands aren't as effective because they're not just grabbing two things they've still got you got eight things in them you know like oh um so i would say that that is uh that probably is one of my biggest weaknesses it's like a fault of of having a genuine heart um, and then what was the other one? Your superpower. Uh, my superpower is, um, Jesus, having Jesus in my heart. That's my, that is my superpower. Like really believing that Jesus is real and knowing that he lives in me and knowing that you and I are even on this, this zoom right now if he didn't exist in my life. And that's, that's for me, but yeah. still being able to be open to other, other religions, other beliefs, other cultures, other races, gay people, straight away. Like just having that, that sense of God in me, um, but being able to be open to other people at the same time. Yeah, man. You know, like for me, um, when anyone has a, you know, a difference of opinion on religion, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, Hey, that's for them. You know, like I, I'm, I don't put, I, I live through who I am with good intention. And so, you know, let that be a statement of my spirituality. Um, I don't have to, I don't have to project at all. You know, if someone wants to know, then, then I'll tell them, you know what I mean? Like, but too often people use uh, religion as divide and it doesn't have to be like that. It's like, yo, you're coming, you're coming from a good place. And uh, you, you mean well, because like, this is, this has been the light of your life. You know, it doesn't have to, uh, you know, be said that like, you're trying to project and be like, you need to believe what I need to believe. No, like, how, how do we win like that ever? No, <laughs> we no. never win like that. Um, and then let's get to, uh, you know, one of the, the final couple things, uh, advice that you give to other entrepreneurs that want to grow their business organically, you know, cause this is, this is probably the first, you're probably the first guest that talked more about the organic side than, than anything. Yeah. Um, I think that <clears throat> like it is, it's passion and purpose and intention that precedes it all. Um, 
it, it it's really if you're in a if you're in a space where you just are good in the, the stock market and you just it's just a money thing it's money in i know the charts i know this i know that this isn't really that conversation um this is a conversation for true entrepreneurs that are 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 really doing things to shift not only their financial futures but the world around them um and i think that as long as there's a foundation of intention of purpose of passion then it will naturally occur if that is the true foundation uh, so i would say focus on the foundation and if the foundation is is pure and it really is what you profess it to be then the organic part will be a byproduct they the organic growth will be a byproduct of your hard work man love that love that and then last but not least uh there's a lot of noise and chaos that's happening uh, in the world right now. And it's been like that for decades. I mean, ever since we've been been around, right? But yeah. uh, even more so, it seems like everything's more heightened because of uh, social media and, and everything uh, involving that. So uh, social media and media. So how do you, how do you turn out the noise? And uh, how do you keep your head down and stay focused? Um, tell me uh, about that. It's challenging. It's challenging because, like, to be honest, like I'm not really a big fan of social media. Um, but it's like you, you, you have to. If you're, if you want there to be awareness, and you don't have money to just buy billboards and, and spend SEO dollars, then you have to be ingrained in social media on some level. Um, so you kind of can get caught up in it pretty easily. So I just have made it a a, a focus of mine to stay intentional about the time I spend on social media and then retreat uh, and then have times where it's okay not to post anything personally or business-wise and just go dark like I've given myself that grace to not try to keep up with this oh you got to post one time a day two times a day you got to post it such and such time I, I you know <laughs> like, let them have it yeah let like, have it. It. Like, same I, thing with us can't keep up with that you know where yeah. i'm at and i don't have a desire to so i've i've given myself grace is yeah. i think it's the best way to, to not get caught up is just giving myself grace to exist in my own skin in my own space be imperfect and continue to grow um so grace i think grace is what i've how i've navigated that man chris good thank you for being on the podcast and last but not least everyone if you guys have not been to Ruby Jean's Juicery, you need to go check it out. It's uh, one of my favorite places in Kansas City. Of course, I don't live in KC anymore, but every time I'm there, I touch down and I go grab a juice. Uh, so go say what's up to Chris Good, uh, meet the staff, uh, find something that you like. I'm sure they're willing to help you out. And also, how can they follow you, Chris? Uh, our website is rubyjeansjuicery.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Genuine Juice Guy. Our business handle is Ruby Jeans Juicery. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Ruby Jeans Juice. And everyone, like and subscribe, follow. The more likes and subscriptions that we get, you know, the more people that we can reach. And so it's always appreciated when you guys share the wealth. Guys, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, Stay positive. Peace out.